What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week are Sam Claiborne. Hey, everybody. Justin Davis. Scoop. And sitting in for Tina this week is Mark Medina, back on the show. We've been trying to get him on uh, for a couple <laughs> weeks now. Yep. He finally, he finally has time for us. You know, I, I was like, <laughs> ah, can I, can I, I fit you in. I fit you yeah. in this time. You know, good to be here. Good to be here. Oh, no, boy. <laughs> we have a great show for you this week. We're going to uh, talk about uh, all the, the, the games that we know of that we're expecting in 2022, which now includes a very big one, maybe mm-hmm. the biggest game mm-hmm. of 2022. Mm-hmm. We're going to flip through the June 1998 issue of Electronic Gaming Monthly. The classic. First, yeah. It's a really good era. But first, said big game that has now been delayed into 2022 is... The God of War sequel, God of War Ragnarok, God of War 2, whatever it ends up being called. No longer uh, expected this year. Pushed back into 2022. And also confirmed that it's, it's coming to PlayStation 4 in addition to PlayStation 5. And this has been mm-hmm. a, a source of some, um, I don't know if controversy is the right word, but it's a source Consternation. of... Consternation. Consternation yeah. for mm-hmm. some uh, people out there, presumably people that are lucky enough to have a PlayStation 5. Yeah, I mean, well, so first of all, all, to all the gamers out there, this is the first of uh, many games that are going to be delayed into 2022. I'm going to go ahead and call that now. Um, you know, COVID has had this knock-on effect in game development for orchestras getting together and recording, you know, mocap sessions not happening. Mm-hmm. VO probably happened, but maybe not some of the rest of it. So um, for big AAA or, you know, whatever you want to call it, quadruple A games, um, I am expecting more of them to move out of 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they said they mentioned in the same breath that uh, their big other story-driven game Horizon is still on track for this year. But they were uh, like, they were like, we th- well, maybe, like, yeah, they yeah. Left maybe. That door open uh, asterisk. Yeah. And then, um, and then for uh, God of War, I think that uh, it's it's also something we just haven't seen very much of. So maybe at least this year we'll see a bunch of cool gameplay of it and trailers and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, possibly for E3, which is you know something you would think we would see a lot of it out. Well, yeah, of course, Sony isn't participating in E3, but there's nothing stopping Sony from having its own, you know, mm-hmm. its own event adjacent to E3. Anytime it might wants. As, might as well show the big games. Might as yeah. well show the big games. Mark. God, God, of, God of War was a, a predictable one because in that yeah. same blog post, he says, like, the hardest thing that they've had to do is, like, mocap and stuff like that. And yeah. God of War... It's basically a movie, so it's not really a big surprise. So something I wanna I wanna get ahead of because we we've been seeing a lot of this on podcast beyond comment section is a lot of people are saying what how how were people surprised that God of War got delayed out of twenty twenty one? I don't think anyone's surprised, but it's still news. Like yeah. they still said it was coming out in twenty twenty one, and it's not now <laughs> but i don't think i'm not surprised i don't think anybody here is surprised that this happened <laughs> i wouldn't say i'm surprised I, but I, previously there was a big question mark as to when mm-hmm. i should expect to play the next mm-hmm. god of war and now i know right mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean not this year <laughs> you know it's it's the same song and dance as always where we all love video games um you know and it's a bummer like i'm not going to get to play it as soon as i wanted but ultimately like god of war was my favorite well, tied for my favorite game of last generation. Like, I absolutely love it. I still think about it all the time. And so take all the time you need. Like, I would rather, much rather have them get it right mm-hmm. than, than try to rush something out that they're not comfortable with can meet the, can meet the quality bar that they want to. I think the big, the big real news here, too, is that it's coming out on PS4. I think that's fascinating. I, I think it's such an interesting, like, this would be the game. It's a tough choice to make, right? Because as they mentioned, there's like a, over 100 million people that own a PS4 and they don't want to cut them out. Except for Ratchet and Clank and Returnal. And the, you know, it, it's a really interesting um, situation for them to be in. I don't think it's like discounting the success of the PS5 or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it's, it's telling me also that this game was developed with you know, the ability to put it on PS4. I don't think it'll be like a cyberpunk because I think it was made with the same, you know, probably engine that the first game used. Cause why not? Cause look how amazing this game looks, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, I think it'll, you know, be totally a viable PS4 game when it comes out, which is amazing. Two years after the PS4 and our PS5 came out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, 
I don't I don't think it's a reflection of the success of the PS5, but I, I, I absolutely think this news is a response to them not being able to get the PS5 in as many people's hands as they yeah, want. Yeah, like, could be, I yeah. I don't I don't think that God of War Ragnarok or Gran Turismo 7 come to the PS4 if the PS5 is not supply constrained and everyone has bought one that wants one. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's funny to see news stories still in June where they're saying like, "Hey, the shortage is is going to get worse than it get before it gets better." You would yeah. think that by now we'd start seeing them. And Gran Turismo is also a really funny one because there are screenshots of when that game was revealed where it mm-hmm. said on the screen, "Exclusive to PlayStation 5. So yeah. it was kind of funny that it was like for you know they were pretty upfront about Horizon and Miles Morales. Now we know about God of War, but. Uh, Gran Turismo is one that actually walked back where they're like, okay, this actually isn't exclusive anymore. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, I think, I I don't know enough about game development to really say like, there's certainly a through line of discussion of, well, they're going to have to hold their game back now. Right. Like they can't do (laughs) all the crazy stuff that they wanted to do when it came to next gen. But like the thing about racing games and a character action game, like God of war is um, they can push, like they're not, it's how many character models are on screen at once. Like you can make a photorealistic car and like, you know, Kratos, like it's the difference between a game running at 1080p and a game running at 4k. Like that's the primary difference between the PS4 and the PS5. Like, I don't think the rest of the game is going to look that different at all. It's just about how many pixels are going to be pushed on the screen. Um, yeah, it, it it was always about like, you know, a, a lot of people said Tom Marks wrote an article, their famous article about how like the next leap in in, in the next gen is not going to be all about graphics. It's made about yep. things like loading time and stuff like that. <clears throat> so when you think of the biggest things for Horizon Zero Dawn is that the loading times were incredibly long and that the game ran at 30 FPS and mm-hmm. they've already like clarified that the game's going to have a fidelity mode and a performance mode and that it's basically not going to have load screens. The PS4 version is not going to have those things. It's going to run at 30 FPS and it's going to have load screens more than yeah. likely. Um, yep. that's, that's the a, generational difference. I completely agree. Um, I, guess, I guess I guess I'm of two minds uh, in, in, when it comes to the cross-generational aspect of like God of War. Because like, you know, obviously... Everyone who doesn't have a PS5 yet, this is good news for them. And obviously it makes sense for Sony as a business who sold 110 million PS4s. But I also understand the concern that since it has to also run on PS4, maybe it won't be, you know, just as absolutely big and as graphically impressive as it possibly could be if they were just focusing on that one platform. Like I, sure. I understand that concern too. That's a worry. I mean, especially if it's like, oh, you know, it's clearly an easier game to put on PS4 or else Ratchet would be, you know, like it can't all be business. It has to be a development decision, right? And I think that that's a testament to the strength of this development team is one way to put it. And the other is that, yeah, like we're not getting a, probably we're not getting a brand new God of War engine. Does that matter? Probably not. Like this game looks incredible. I think yeah, um, I remember I, with, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think the only part that like, gives me pause is something that you touched on earlier, Mark, which is, you know, God of War was a one take game. Like it didn't have mm-hmm. loading times. There and are no like, loading screens. <laughs> and so, you know, obviously some of that's faked with the, I forget the name of it, but like that yeah. inter-realm area that you go through. Um, but like, you know, that's the part where I'm like thinking about some of what the PS5 could pull off that the PS4 might struggle with where I'm like, I don't know about that, but like, mm-hmm. I'm not worried about like the core moment to moment action. Like it'll, it'll be a difference in frame rate and it'll be a difference in resolution. Yeah. With horizon, I, I, you know, there was a, a whole lot of talk before where it was like something like cyberpunk where it's like drop the old versions because now those, you know, that it's being made for those versions. And I, I, I maybe it was just me hoping or, and people hoping, but I could have swore that horizon forbidden West it, I think I think we're all under the impression that uh, the game was built for PS5 and being downgraded down to PS4. But in the Game Informer uh, article that came out today, they very clearly say that the game is built for PlayStation 4 from the ground up. It runs great on that system. And then it's being upgraded to PlayStation 5. Mm-hmm. Me not being the biggest... Uh, I'm bigger on frame rate than I am for graphics. The game looks amazing on PlayStation 5. That's the gameplay we've seen. If that's what the game looks like, I'm, I think it looks totally fine to me. I'm I'm happy with it. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe. You know, oh, go ahead. Well, uh, it, the, the, I was thinking about the business side of this as like you know, 
they, since they mentioned their install base and consoles exist to sell software, right? Like we know that that's the, the reason you have a console is so you can sell a lot more software than consoles. And that's where Sony is going to make their money. But there's pressure to make new consoles because other people make them and people will stop wanting to play the older consoles eventually. But there's this in-between region where it's like, yeah, it totally makes sense to like keep on putting out games for, you know, a hundred million, uh, uh, install base uh that's always been that way like people put out atari games until you know 1999 or, or sorry 1989 uh like legit ones like in the box for because just there's so many ataris out there and somebody bought them like weird games like double dragon got a port to atari you know and of course every generation seemingly nintendo has a zelda game that spans the generations and they know they're like they're like oh this is a gr- really good time to put out games on two systems it's they, they always do it yeah yeah, you're not wrong. I, I don't know. I, I keep coming back to the idea that like, if the, if Sony could make and sell as many PlayStation Fives as they wanted, I don't think this happens. If they really could don't. sell, yeah. Like you yep. know, if if this was a PS5 exclusive and there's PS5s abundant on store shelves, like what a win and a boon! Like that's what these big you know quadruple A like twice a year games are all about. Is like you know software sells hardware, so it's like. Man, I, I think this comes back to them sort of looking at this like they 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 really openly they're like, dude, the PS5 is going to be scarce all the way through 2022. Like, you know, they're signaling that now to level set people's expectations. Like, it sucks. It's not Sony's fault. It's just a knock on effect. Do you think we'll see Ratchet and Returnal ports downwards to the PS4? I mean, that would be the logical. That would be the logical oh thing to do. Gosh, right? People would be so upset. I man, I can't, I can't imagine with Ratchet specifically what we've seen of that game. I can't imagine that that can run. I don't think it's designed to run on anything but something with a super high fast SSD. Returnal, well, you, I hope, I hope God of War looks that way. Yeah, I Returnal, say, yeah, Returnal uh, might I, be more I, likely, but I say that as someone who's not a game developer. But you know, just, yeah. Mm. I, I think I think how smart that game is very pretty. So I think the 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 fear that that game wouldn't be able to run at a crisp 60, 60 FPS, Housemark could just be like, no, no. I want Housemark to put Returnal on PC though. So Ooh. you know, yeah, that could happen. Um, I, I just thought this quote from Herman Holst, who's head of PlayStation Studios, was odd. He says, "You um, regarding uh, you know uh, cross generation for." God of War. He says, you can't build a community of over 110 million PS4 owners and then just walk away from it, right? I think that'd be bad news for fans of PS4 and frankly, not very good business. Sure, except that that's normally how the video game business works in its entire history. You build a community of however many users and then you walk away from them with your next console. Yeah. So I he, mean, that's, he's acting that's... like he's, his answer is kind of like, duh, but like that's not how it has worked for most of video games life. That's a respectfully. That's kind of a baloney quote. Like yeah. they walked away from the PS One community, <laughs> like, yeah, and the PS Three, like Killzone, Shadowfall, and Infamous Second Son weren't also playable on PS Three. Hmm. Yeah. In any case, both PS Four and PlayStation Five owners will be able to play God of War Two in 2022 and that's as good a time as any to revisit the release calendar for 2022 which is not uh it's not a very long release calendar that we have yet but there's some notable ones here (laughs) there are two games did you know there are two games that have release dates in 2022 and one Mm. of them is a pokemon game (laughs) pokemon legends oh that's right arceus arceus i don't know how it's pronounced arceus That one's Arceus. out January 28th. Wow. Are, okay. Isn't it just Arceus? No? Arceus? I, thought, I, so I have no idea. But that makes a lot of sense, Mark, and you're probably yeah. right. I, I'm, the, I'm the, the, not a Pokemon fan, so I don't know. <laughs> that's like the big open world, you know, like Skyrim-y Pokemon game, right? I think so, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, look at it. Like, it looked a little bit rough around the edges when they showed it off. But, like, you know, this is – if – they get it right. This is like the Pokemon game that people have been sort of clamoring for forever, for decades. Like they want a big, like open world, go everywhere, explore everything, you know, Pokemon game. Um, they're on throwing them. What are they called? Fluff apples or whatever. It is funny that it has a date though. Yeah. January 28th. Yeah. First game you can look forward to, as of right now, playing in 2022. Uh, and the other game that has a release date is something I had never heard of before, Shibito 
Magre, it's that it's March twenty fourth, and I think it has a okay. worldwide release date, and I don't know what it is. Tell Just me more. Chimito <laughs> <laughs> Magre, please be excited for that. Uh, but games coming twenty twenty two, along with God of War that we know of, as of right now, may, uh, they might get delayed. Um, Forspoken. Does anyone remember Forspoken from Square mm-hmm. Enix? Oh yeah. You like that's is that a, is that a Medina game? Yeah, you know I love Square Enix. That game looks incredible. Like her just like kicking up around the the mountains. I I just I love the movement. I love how that game looks. It looks gorgeous. Um, yeah, I we don't know a lot about it. So like you know, oh, but know, it's yeah. got big old big old Square Enix monsters, big old Final Fantasy looking monsters. I, I'm super in. Yeah, that game oh, looks yeah. awesome. That's apocalyptic, cool traversal giant monsters. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to jog my memory. I'm like, that's the one with the crazy cool character movement, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And we've yeah. only seen like a kind of teaser for that. So yeah. have, having a 22, 2022 release date, knowing everything we know about all these other games seems uh, that's, really close. That's Project Athia, right? I'm not misremembering yeah, I think that correctly. So. Yeah. And Square yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah. Square Enix is participating in E3, so it's possible we could learn more about Forspoken mm-hmm. very soon. Mm-hmm. Warner Brothers has two games: Gotham Knights and Suicide Squad. Yeah, I'm so excited for both of them. What, mm-hmm. what are the odds that they're both out in 2022? Yeah. I wish I know. I, you know it's clear. I guess I shouldn't say it's clear. Like my assumption is that one of them was intended to come out this fall, you know, mm-hmm. and is now not. But. Um, Man, like I think I think Gotham Knights is a surprise for me. Like mm. I was expecting that that's sort of the the you know, B studio. It's not the big rock steady game that people have been looking mm-hmm. forward to forever, but like I just I was really, really taken with what they showed off and I think, you know, E3 or what they showed off last summer. The four playable characters, how they're really, really leaning into it being basically like a full on RPG at this point. Um I just I think it looks great. It's one of my most anticipated games. Um, and then, um, you know, obviously Suicide Squad, I think is going to be amazing too, but it was only shown off in a lot more of like a teasery state. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I would expect Gotham Knights first. Um, and I'm, I misspoke. Warner Brothers actually has three games. There's also Hogwarts Legacy. Oh, right. Oh yeah. Another thing we haven't seen a lot of. They got some bangers coming out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they, the, that stuff was shown at their new streaming event, DC fandom last year. And I wonder if they'll have Mm -hmm. another one of those with potentially that and the Harry Potter stuff. That would be like a pretty cool summer uh, showcase for them. if they had it. But no, no games to play this fall, which sucks. Well, we have got Far Cry 6. Uh, no, no. I mean, from, from Warner brothers, from Warner brothers. Um, uh, Warner Brothers is participating in E3, so we could get some news from them soon. The aforementioned Gran Turismo 7 is due out 2022, both PS4 and PS5. Then uh, Lord of the Rings Gollum. Yeah. Lord of the Rings oh, yeah. is something that's relevant to many of our interests. Mm-hmm. Game could be good. I don't know. It could be. Yep. I'm, su- I'm, surprised. I'm surprised it's projected for 2022 still because we've been hearing about it for a lot longer than some of these other games. Um, yeah, that's what we're about to see right here. This is why your play is Gollum, and it's more of a stealth adventure game. Gollum? Mm. Uh, what, what was that? I just, I think if my memory is correct, I think that might have been like the first next gen game, like yeah, a couple was, years ago uh, or whatever. Yeah. Like, and so not that it doesn't look good or cool or isn't worth like people's interest in it, but I think it's sort of punched above its weight by just like, making splashy headlines for being like, yeah, we're coming to PS5 and Xbox Series X. I think it was even before the Series X had a name. Hmm. I mean, I can't wait to see like what they just showed there, like any type of renderings of uh, Middle Earth that are, you know, loosely based on Peter Jackson or not. Like I'm just always excited to see that stuff. And like that, like more stuff, I think he was in like, I couldn't tell if that was Barrett Door or like a weird place like Dorthang or like, you know, uh, uh, like those are all really fun because they come from a unified description in the books and some of them have very thin descriptions and I like seeing pe- how people fill those out and exploring them that would be the reason to play that game and then Nintendo will be at E3 and I had completely forgotten that they have, have announced Splatoon 3 mm-hmm. oh yeah yep the, I'm not a Splatoon boy, but like the trailer for three was really cool. And I remember talking about it on Scoop. Like Splatoon has always had like deeper lore <laughs> that people yeah. gave it credit for. Like 
that these squids what's that category of animal called that like doesn't have a spine yeah, um, cephal- cephalopods yeah like cephalopods cephalopods like it's post-apocalyptic where like cephalopods are now have like taken over and become like the dominant thing on the earth and like that lore has always been there but now Splatoon 3 is like seems to be really really leaning into it like the trailer has like you know wrecked landmarks and stuff like that so mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's actually a pretty cool direction to take that series maybe it's the same universe as Pikmin oh the Nintendo Cinematic Universe <laughs> Uh, and then another one from Square Enix that I'm very excited for is Project Triangle Strategy. Codename mm-hmm. Project Triangle Strategy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love the name. <laughs> I think those are the big ones that have at least been announced for a 2022 release window. There's other things, of course, like Starfield, which Woo! we kind of Star- expect kind of expect to come in 2022 but it hasn't been announced for that yet mm-hmm. things like that. if yep. we if we see starfield next weekend i will die and i think we're gonna but then see you it. won't get to play it <laughs> i know that's the that's the line i walk is getting so excited for a game announcement that i i literally die before the game comes out <laughs> yeah we were talking about that on scoop maybe last week or two weeks ago when you uh, so rudely declined to join Mark. that's right that's um right. yep and like you know, Skyrim Skyrim has become such a meme at this point, and like you know, Fallout seventy six and Elder Scrolls Blades, like Bethesda's had a few stumbles. That it's like it's easy to forget that like this is this is the thing, like the next big AAA thing from that studio. Yeah. Where you know, I just I couldn't be more excited. Um, and I so I'm playing through Mass Effect right now, and I'm so ready for like another big take on like, you know, deep sci-fi lore and planetary mm-hmm. exploration and all of that. Like mm-hmm. we don't, we don't actually get that kind of video game that often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I love it so much that Todd Howard's like, there's so many people excited for a game that nobody's seen. And I'm like, I don't, I don't care. I've seen mm-hmm. enough. I want to play it. Plus we, plus it keeps getting leaked. So it's just like, I just can't wait for them to just like show something. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's actually been leaks. Like, Oh yeah, there's been there's mm-hmm. been hella leaks. For like, yep. Any like gameplay footage or any details? Yeah, it's like gameplay footage, but it's from a build that was from like yeah. 2018. Oh. So like they're like they have confirmed, yeah, that's the game. But like th- what you're saying is not accurate. So, so Bethesda did the right right thing where they were like they were like yeah, it's real, but it's really old. Like <laughs> you know, stay tuned. So that's the yeah. right way to handle that, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, please be excited. Fall 2022, God of War 2 on PlayStation, Starfield on Xbox, and Breath of the Wild 2 on Nintendo Switch Pro. You think you think Breath of the Wild 2 is is 2022? So many people think it's coming this year. <clears throat> I mean, you I just slipped that one in there, Damon. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Again, that's just another one that ha- hasn't been pinned down to any yeah, sort of n- release window. Nintendo and Pokemon Company gave you know their Pokemon game release date, but Breath of the Wild is totally, totally unknown. I certainly hope, to say, I would love to play it sooner than later, but I mean, I'm assuming, I'm assuming it'll launch with you know the long rumored Nintendo Switch Pro yeah. with with you know forward compatible options or whatever you want to call it. Like it'll be another game, another sort of Zelda game that spans generations. As you pointed right, out earlier, right now we're living in a world where where new Nintendo Switch or Nintendo Switch Pro is just is just trending every day on Twitter because yep. people think that to, you know they think that the Nintendo conference next Tuesday or Tuesday after next Tuesday is, is going to be Switch Pro games and that they have to release this Nintendo Switch Pro or, you know, release the announcement for it before that. So it's just like every single day, every, every. That's such a weird series news. of assumptions. I know. And I know. There's, there's no historical basis. Like, that's just, it, it, it's just very like strange. no, like, actual certainty. But it, it just, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like when it, when something trends this hard and there's so many, like, leaks and thoughts about it and like store listings are showing up i don't know you just start you just start to believe it's true (laughs) it's really funny to me that nintendo went out of their way i don't have the exact verbiage in front of me but they're like join us for 45 minutes of exclusively software reveals it's like they they went out of their way to say they're not talking about hardware but that just fueled the fire more it's like then it was exactly what mark said like they must be showing it off before then yeah they announced they they denied Switch Lite's existence until the day they revealed it. So, you know, I who do, knows? I, 
Yeah. Well, okay. We can leave it at that. <laughs> I, I, th- I think it's real. Like I believe it's. I coming. think it's. I think it's real as well. Yeah. It's you time. believe it's coming before E3? The announcement. Oh, we're running out of we're running out of days for it to be before E3. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of those things where uh, it becomes this conspiracy theory of uh, of whenever like whenever the prediction doesn't come to pass, that just builds on the lore of like, oh, I know we said it was going to be June 2nd, but actually now there's signals that maybe it'll be June 4th. So that's conspiracy theories. But we do live in a world where like in between us recording this and it going live, like it could absolutely happen overnight. It could happen anytime. Yeah. Something very similar happened with next gen console watch this week. And that brings us to the June 1998 issue of Electronic Gaming Monthly with Turok 2 here on the cover. A game I think I only played with you, Sam, in our office like last year. That's right. Or two years ago now. Yeah. That's right. We, we ran around a very empty sewer. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's notable for having a cool opening, um, the, the logo for the developer Iguana. <laughs> it's a pretty cool, good little sequence in the game. Why were we playing that? Why were we playing that? I think we just found a bunch of N64 games. Yeah. And it was a Friday. Often didn't need a reason, man. Remember when I found the Game Shark and figured out how to add the Star Fox R-Wing to Ocarina, and I had to put in games like Turok or GoldenEye to get that to work or to reset the Game Shark? That was a good day. day. (laughs) That was incredible. (laughs) Anyway, we go to letters. the letter of the month. Now, remember, this is June, so coming... Not too uh, long after the April issue, Alex wrote in to say, an avid reader of your magazine and subscriber since the beginning, I never thought I'd be writing one of those letters with some insidious gripe towards your hard work, but you have now gone too far. Picture a faceless EGM (laughs) reader who reads of a video game based on the film Goldeneye. Pictures within show images of all five Bonds, Lazenby, Dalton, Moore, Brosnan, and Sean Connery. An avid fan of the Bond series, and exuberant at the possibility of pitting Connery, God among men, against Pierce Brosnan, his young protege, I, needless <laughs> to say, was quite let down when it was revealed they would not be included due to copyright reasons. All lawyers must die. Look, lawyers don't, aren't the ones that decide that. Anyway, right. six months later, a tired man staggers home from work and finds a golden ray of hope, his EGM in the mailbox. The wrapper is opened, the excitement builds. He thumbs through the mag, reading through various articles, and is most satisfied. As he reaches the tricks of the trade section, he glances at something long since forgotten, the missing bonds and a method to release them from their legal prisons. Joy overcomes, tears flood his eyes, and he immediately calls as many people as would be interested, one. But then glancing to the cover, his dreams are crushed. April 1998. Visions of Shang Long flood to his brain, and he knows the horrible, horrible truth. His head gets light, his mind goes blank, and then yes, he commits the ultimate sin. He purchases another mag to corroborate one with a title that rhymes with <laughs> Tame Ho. <laughs> but alas, it's too late. The damage done is heart crushed. Of course, this would have been an April Fool's Day joke. Yeah. Um, although Goldeneye really did have a bunch of like secret codes and stuff mm-hmm. that would be un- unveiled years later. I was unaware of Bondgate and that the, there was Bond mem- yeah. missing bonds from that game. It sounds like it was something that was maybe in these... EGM issues of this era that I just didn't follow. Yeah. Not everyone had as good a, uh, we're as good a support about it. Rex Lou Tourette wrote in to say, I hate your weak magazine. I'm switching <laughs> to game fan. You guys printed the wrong cheat for GoldenEye 007. You guys got all my hopes up and the code didn't work. You guys are a bunch of pathetic, incompetent ball suckers. <laughs> you, oh my God. So stupid. you probably didn't even know what incompetent means and he misspelled <clears throat> incompetent twice. Well, <laughs> Hey, good on them for printing that letter. Yeah, I, I have to say, I, I, I'm not surprised by this comment at all because I, I mean, mean, yeah, I know some things never change. <laughs> gotta, gotta see them every day. Still. Mark, this is from a time before comments. These yeah. are actually missives on paper. Epistolary now, comments. Now they get to just tag me directly on Twitter and tell me what kind of yeah. a failure I am. <laughs> when it was just mail, you could just throw it away. Right? Now it's there forever and I just block them. And you knew it would be a good letter if it had mail uh, envelope art. Oh, yeah. Oh. So the question of the moment, this issue was, don't you hate it when? And people were prompted to write in. Uh, every, a lot of them have at AOL email addresses. <laughs> write in with their answer to don't you hate it when. Don't you hate it when you're in a heated golden eye battle and you blow yourself to bits with a remote mine yeah don't 
Don't you hate it when in an old NES battery backup games, you forget to hold reset before turning it off? Mm-hmm. That wasn't that widely known, too. I, I think know. that's funny. I know. I know. Hmm. Don't you hate it when you've packed 48 hours into Final Fantasy VII only to find the next morning that your dumbass excuse for a nephew has deleted your game from the memory card to make room for a Resident Evil 2 save? That's a rookie mistake. When you're playing a Final Fantasy game that long, everyone knows you save, you R2, you save again, you R2, you save. Come on now. But like, but the, the, memory, the memory cards back then, like it was crazy. Like the memory card would have 15 blocks on it. Yeah, they were doing mm-hmm. that's what they were called. And then some games would take up like two or three yeah. blocks to save your game. Yep. Like, on GameCube, like Super Smash Brothers was like 49 out of 50 blocks. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, well, I guess this is my Smash save now. Yeah. And well, they're yeah, expensive. You, the cards yeah. are like 30 or 40 bucks. You, you know? When you never, go, I'll never be able to get away with that anymore. Yeah, when you go to when you go to say when you I don't know if that was sarcasm, but uh, it, when you go to save on a Final Fantasy game, yeah, it's like it shows ninety nine slots, but like yeah, they don't really tell you that. Yeah, every time you save, it's taking up more and more memory. You can't actually use them all. <laughs> they had a feature: it slices and dices. Sega focuses on katana. Put Saturn in the closet. Um, but actually, if you get, dig into the text, they don't really have any information about the Katana, the Dreamcast, codenamed Katana. They have a lot of information on the final batch of games that were coming for the Saturn. Uh, and then, so this is June 98. They were hoping the Katana slash Dreamcast would be revealed in at the Tokyo Game Show later this mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. last year. I just want to remind everyone that the Katana is a much cooler name than Dreamcast. Yeah, it sure, yeah. certainly is. Hmm. There was an E3 that year too. Is that not? I know it wouldn't be mentioned this issue because this issue was written in April, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so E3 would have been in May, I think. That I mean, day, so. that that console would be out the next year. The Dreamcast would be. Oh, I mean, yeah. They even mentioned that somewhere. They said they mentioned they're targeting September 1999. Wow, accurate. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Sega told us the September 1999 release date is the plan for the U.S. launch, but they didn't mention 9999. Yeah. Sega Too franchise clever. most wanted on Katana. Number one, Sonic the Hedgehog. Followed by Virtua Fighter, Virtua Cop, Daytona, Alex Kidd, and finally Sega Rally. Wow. I mean, that shows you just like seeing things in 3D was really cool back then. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I miss, I miss Virtua Cop. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an on rail shooter, right? Yeah, although, I, like, as those words are coming out of my mouth, I'm like, maybe, like, it being a shooter is not great for like you need to be shooting zombies or something yeah yeah sure i mean it was kind of like a trainer right it had like little mini games and you'd move on like it wasn't that <sighs> i don't know <laughs> i i only know it from arcades and i always walk past it being like who'd want to play that game but there's always people playing it mm. um light light guns yeah news tidbits playstation source to 10 million <clears throat> sony announced april 2nd they have sold 10 million playstations in north america since the system's september 1995 launch uh, I don't know. 10 million systems sold in three years wouldn't be that impressive today. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. guess that just shows you how different it is. Yeah. All, all those sales figures are always so fascinating. They're like, you know, we all know that video games have grown and become this big dominant, you know, entertainment medium. But like, once you see like an apples to apples comparison, where like it soared to 10 million units sold in three years, it's like, dude, they like <laughs> that wouldn't even be a blip anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Resident Evil 2 scores. Capcom announced that in only six weeks, the company had sold an unprecedented 3 million units of Resident Evil 2 worldwide, with more than a million in the U.S. and 1.9 million in Japan. I wonder if it would go on to outsell, if the North American market would go on to outsell the Japanese market for Resident Evil 2. Mm. Also, did you notice, I, I guess they actually cut up a Sega Saturn controller here. To make it look like it had been sliced by a katana. Oh, it's got to be. Oh. It's got to be something they did in, in editing, photo editing software. I don't know. It's 1998. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Acclaim, Acclaim Entertainment picks up the license to Comedy Central South Park. Yeah, Before, that was that re- re- resulted in a pretty poor series of Nintendo 64 and PlayStation games. Yep. I was going to mm-hmm. say. Before the Stick of Truth, were there any good South Park games? No. There was a racing game. That people played, and I played the first-person shooter one on N64. Yeah. I think it's just yeah. called South Park, and then yeah. South Park Chef's Love Shack, which was just like a right. game show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I don't remember either of them being very good. <laughs> this is a two-page ad for Hot Shots Golf, and I just thought it was just an odd choice for what they went with. The scene is a parking lot of a golf course, and there's a lot of fancy black cars, but one car looks less nice and is yellow, and it just says, it's golf for anybody. Oh, oh. Right. Hmm. so it's a message like, hey, if you suck and you're poor... This yeah. is your golf yeah. game. Poor, your poor golf people game. can play too. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they're saying that's like a cool hip car. Because uh, it's not like a banged up wooden station wagon or something. No, I don't, yeah. Well, very strange. Well, anyway. the one on the left, that's a Porsche, you know, and the, the other ones are black, so they're automatically cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're saying, you know, that one kind of looks like. Uh, you got a Volkswagen yeah, and a BMW in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hot Shots Golf does rule, to be fair. Hot Shots Golf does rule. And they've got a quote mm-hmm. from ESPN that says, the graphics are so vivid, it's like watching golf on TV. <laughs> well, no. You know, the whole thing is that it's kind of a cartoon. That stuff is never going to get old. And I know I know, we're still falling into that trap now of, like, the graphics yeah. are eye-popping. Like, you know, and in 20 years, it's going to sound stupid. But, like... It's it, it's so funny that they would even claim that, though, when the well, game it, is, like, supposed to be kind of cartoony. <laughs> My favorite one is, you know, forever, for 30 years now, it's been, like, the graphics look like Toy Story. Yep. That's what yeah. video game graphics have yep. been compared to. Yep. And I don't know how long it's been since you watched the original Toy Story, but video oh. game graphics have long surpassed the original <laughs> Toy Story. Does mm-hmm. it look like uh, that MTV video? Was that <laughs> what? Um, the Dire Straits <clears throat> one? The one that, yeah, yeah the Dire quite, Straits video. That weird Al parody? Yeah, it's not quite that bad. I'll, I'll uh, remember forever opening a magazine uh, in 1999, 2000, and seeing the like all the main characters from Final Fantasy X and being like, that's it? This is yeah. this is the peak. They look like real people. Mm-hmm. It'll never look better. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Quarterman Gaming Gossip and Speculation says by the time you read this, Squaresoft should have made an official announcement concerning its future publishing intentions, with Einhander being the last Square game to be published by SEEA, Sony. It's thought that all further games, including Parasite Eve and Brave Fencer Musashi, will be published mm. by Square itself. Brave Fencer Musashi was the 20 Questions game last week. Mm-hmm. Oh, and what? I missed a Brave Fencer Musashi 20 yeah. question. Yeah, yep. did. We needed you. Um, Stupid yeah. Horizon Forbidden West we had, reveal. We had no chance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that game. And actually, Square would enter an agreement with EA so that EA would publish its games for a while in North America. So I believe at least Brave Fencer was published by EA. Okay. Hmm. And then uh, following from the Q's revelations last month concerning a Tomb Raider-style game featuring Indiana Jones coming from LucasArts, the EGM Spy Network has heard distant rumblings that something even more exciting may be on the horizon. Do the words Episode 1 mean anything to anyone? (laughs) (laughs) Oh. What, what, did they make a game based on Episode 1? Yeah, they made a hundred of them. Hype. Yeah. Um, oh, and then this is a good one. Nintendo and Rare have apparently been in negotiations over forthcoming James Bond-related titles. Having failed to get their hands on Tomorrow Never Dies, who knows how that happened, they are now locked in meetings regarding the next Bond movie due 1999. In the meantime, mm-hmm. though, we can expect to see a licenseless spy shooter at E3 in there May, which makes use of Rare's second-generation Knight engine, which, of course, would be Perfect Dark. Perfect Dark. Well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great rumor. Nintendo adds color. Great game. Great game. Nintendo's Game Boy is about to get a much-needed boost. That's right. Nintendo of America has officially announced that it will release the Color Game Boy, a color version of their popular handheld system in the U.S. in late summer. I I love that clear Game Boy case so much. Yep. And if you recall, Damon, I've been trying to source a version of a TV that's that Mm, for uh, office use, which I think is really funny. And I found out those only exist because of prisons. Um, oh, yeah. I remember oh. we talked about this before. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, a clear that, CRT cool. television. anything in there, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, That's the Game Boy I had growing up, was a clear one. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Wow. I had a phone like that. Yeah, I still have it. It's somewhere. But the, the, the coils where the battery is, one of them's broke. And so I like I used to have to shove tinfoil. I don't think it works anymore, though. Oh. Although when That's I... Good solution. When I think about those colored... Those translucent TVs, I think you could stick a weapon in there and I would be none the wiser. You would just have no idea. You'd be like, yeah, exactly. TVs are built with swords, guys. Come on. Oh, is that the color blade? <laughs> is what now? Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of, Sam, they, they released a, a clear Saturn. They called the Skeleton Saturn. Mr. Bones. Mr. Bones. <laughs> that is so, so cool. I, I think love it's it. really cool. 
I, I've yeah. never seen that one before. I don't think it was released outside of Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's a report on uh, the Tokyo Game Show. There's nothing really interesting in, the, in their updates, but I, I want to point out there's a photo from Gamist staff. Gamist is a Japanese game magazine, at least it was. Mm-hmm. And this is some sort of a promotional thing from the show, and it says, Gamist staff, the future kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> It sure does. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, dude, they were right. The future it's, kick your ass. Been, been, not, been not great over the last 18 <laughs> months or so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is interesting. It's an ad for Messiah, the game Messiah, which, remember, this is 1998. I don't believe that game would be released until 2000. Ooh. I've uh, never heard of this game. It's from Shiny, makers of Earthworm Jim. Lots of praise from a lot of gaming magazines here. Uh, Next Generation said one of the deepest, most involving, and most cleverly designed games ever released on PlayStation. I think IGN gave it a 7.5 when it written, mm. when it eventually came out. And wait a minute. I think I have mixed up, or something happened. Two ads have been mixed up here. This is an ad for Messiah. This yeah. is for Abe's Odyssey. Yeah, I was looking at those screenshots. Yeah, that's hundred percent just Abe's Odyssey. So these quotes are for (laughs) Abe's Odyssey, but I don't know where the rest of the ad for Messiah is. Unless this is it, maybe they're just this is like viral marketing in '98, just Messiah and a weird logo, and then it would be out two years later. I thought it was like a doll head, and the critics were losing their heads, which (laughs) attached that. I think it's like it's like a cherub angel. Yeah, this is very confusing. I remember that game now. I remember that game now. I'd forgotten about it till you just said that, Damon. You played as a little cherub floating around Uh, an ad for quest 64 which nintendo power said will set the standard for 3d epics and egm said incredibly sweet graphics i don't (laughs) think this notable no to both yeah i don't think think the eventual release uh counts qualifies as incredibly sweet graphics mission impossible coming summer 1998 and they also have a little preview of it some Whoa. thought by the time the Mission Impossible game finally came to the Nintendo 64, Tom Cruise would be old, senile, and in a wheelchair. What? <laughs> what if we could? What if? What if we told them that in you know 2021, still Mission Impossible there. sequels would still be going strong, probably better than ever, and Tom mm-hmm. Cruise would still be doing his own stunts. Mission mm-hmm. Impossible Fallout, man, that movie's amazing. I love that movie, and I'm not even a huge Mission Impossible fan. And I, I watched it. I was like, man, this movie's great. Yeah, They're all great. I, I agree. Maybe not three. I'm not a big fan of three. What? Three is so I'm good. You're right. Two. Was, I'm thinking two. of two. I'm thinking of two. You're right. Oh, and we were about to. I was <laughs> in their preview gallery. Gallery. They have Superman 64. From the info yeah. we have right now, uh, Superman 64 is a Final Fight esque action adventure game. It's well, Final Fight esque. No, it is I not. It, quarter. I want to start fly through fly through rings. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna find some IGN article and I'm gonna change like a Batman Arkham description to like oh it's a Final Fight esque like you know action adventure game. Uh, this is an ad for uh, some uh, an accessory. We see a pile of game controllers. It says not cool. Mm-hmm. Thumb control pads, wheels you sit on, designer joysticks, way cool. The Air Racer optical 3D oh. controller, <laughs> which looks like a flight, not a flight stick, but like a flight mm-hmm. control. Look at that yeah. guy. Yeah. And then I guess it it's looks motion like controls. kind of like a squid. I guess what? it's motion controls because they have six pictures of this dude just flailing his body around. The ground I swear to God. Yeah. Your they air got, moves control the action. I they never got one like, picture of him and uh, they just put him in Photoshop and they just turned him different uh, ways. I never the same in every picture. I so badly want to find the photos they didn't use. Oh, I know. Yeah, they're so good. Yeah, we'll see. I'll 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 try to enlarge these photos the best I can and put them on Twitter or something. I hope this guy's having a great day. He he was during this photo shoot, I think. (laughs) Um, a preview of Metal Gear Solid. Mm -hmm. Move over, Bond. Solid Snake is back. I love how they say, uh, in case you're not familiar with Metal Gear, here's the story. The original Metal Gear was released in 1987 for the MSX Mm -hmm. and later made its way to the Famicom, where it was then brought to the United States by Konami for the NES. The game, which was awesome, by the way, 
Starts Solid Snake, an agent on a top-secret mission to destroy a weapon known as Metal Gear, before it was unleashed on the world by an evil tyrant. It mm-hmm. spawned an MSX sequel in Japan called Solid Snake, which was a lot better than the sequel that reached the United States, Metal Gear 2, Snake's Revenge for the NES. But the series has been dormant ever since, until now. I have that's to say, good recap. Was, yeah, that's like a very, for like, you know, we tease these magazines sometimes for just like flubbing facts or like getting things yeah. wrong. It's like, that's very, very astute and like very, I, very... I, I could be wrong about this, but aren't those two very wildly different games, though? The Nintendo version is not the same as the other one. Like, Kojima didn't even work on the Nintendo version. No, that's, a, that's well, Metal Gear 2, is what you're yeah. thinking of. Yeah, there, mm-hmm. there, there, were two, right. there were two Metal Gear 2s. And Got I, it. I'd be surprised if the average reader of EGM in 98 had ever heard of the MSX. I've barely mm-hmm. heard right. of the MSX. Yeah. Uh, a preview for Pocket Fighter, <laughs> which I was... I, I guess I probably forgot it existed, but this is a series I'd very much like to see return. Mm-hmm. The cute. Oh yeah, I don't know this one. Yeah, I the almost. Uh, I, I only know the title. Street Fighter. That's like, cool. Last year, in the midst of like you know quarantine depression, I almost bought a Neo Geo Pocket Color just to like <laughs> get you know Pocket Fighter and a few other games like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a preview of Rival Schools, which I, anytime I anytime I get the chance to, uh, my favorite fighting game of all time. Yeah, I'm the only one I've ever been good at. I don't know about that screenshot. Well, yeah, you know, a... I mean, it's in the game. It's in the game. Okay. What is this uh, Duke Nukem? What was that Duke Nukem ad? It's Why a, is he... Show, it's a show us your best impression of Duke Nukem to win this contest. Oh, okay. All right. There's a two-page ad for Einhander. There's, this game will be reviewed in this very issue of EGM. Uh, quick preview of Bushido Blade 2, which is coming out to Japan, and they say it's 100% done at this point. Oh, and a preview of Brave Fencer Masashi. Yeah, I, I'm surprised that you're a Brave Fencer fan, Mark. Me too. Oh man, well I'm a I'm Japanese RPGs on PlayStation One. That was like my jam. Like that was yep. all right, the first first game I played was Final Fantasy VII on PlayStation. I was like, what? I Are you attack. me? <laughs> I t- I just tell him to attack, and then it kind of clicked, and then that was it. Final Fantasy eight, seven, eight, nine, Brave Fencer Musashi, Parasite Eve. Like that was like when I became a gamer was uh, was was PlayStation One, you know, Square Enix really or SquareSoft at the time. <laughs> I got I, I like millions of uh, American boys uh, and girls got taken in by the Final Fantasy Seven ad, like the television ad. And it was a big thing, like oh, it's a game big enough and important enough to be running ads on like primetime TV. And of course, it was nothing but the FMV, and then the game, mm. you know, the game's incredible and like was impressive with the pre-rendered backgrounds, but like. The game didn't look <laughs> anything like right. that. Um, the old blocky hands. <laughs> oh boy! Well, and the thing with Brave Fencer Musashi is it came with a demo for Final Fantasy VIII, mm. so that was kind of like their Trojan horse oh. to be like, "Hey, play Brave Fencer Musashi because you can try out Final Fantasy VIII." Mm. Yeah, like Crackdown with Halo Three. Uh, yeah, or, or Metroid Prime Two with a bunch of games. <laughs> <laughs> Ashido Blade is another series I would love to see return. Uh, fighting game with one or two hit kills, weapons based fighting game, one or two hit kills. One meaning like you can, if you're gonna hit their arm, they're gonna lose their arm, but one more hit and they're gonna be dead. I just love to see like a realistic take on Japanese sword fighting rendered mm-hmm. with today's graphical possibilities. That'd be cool. It's a good idea for a game. Well. What's Mark? What's the what's the reaction thing we did to the, with a sword expert? It's like a really realistic sword fighting game with like horrible decapitations and arm severance. I'm not sure. It sounds like a UK fun. thing. They're the it ones was, that do it those was a UK videos. thing, but it was yeah, I know it was yeah, just like a, it, it, there's an ultra realistic sword fighting game. Point is, it, there, we have a very funny, great reaction of, from an actual fencer that that talks about the styles of fighting in the game, and it's like the game's pretty accurate. The game, and then, it's and he's surprised at how violent it is. Though he's like, "Did not expect that head to come off." For them, <laughs> Sam, what do you make of this ad in 1998? An ad for all the fun Game Boy games, and all these, all the box art is sporting the Sunsoft logo. Mm. Sunsoft, the box that's on the box too. Yeah, on on each one: Final Fantasy Adventure, Final Fantasy Legend Two, Final Fantasy Legend, and Final Fantasy Legend Three. And they all say Sunsoft. So, this this could be related to what the the at the head of this issue. Remember how they were talking about SquareSoft's going to like publish their own games now? Yeah, uh, I, I guess, guess so. I guess there was some other publishing situation. 
that's not the weirdest thing about this, though. The weirdest thing about this is that these, one of these games is 10 years old, and it's got an ad in a magazine. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's insane. Like, Final Fantasy Legend 3, I think, was the last of these, and that came out in, like, 92 or 93. That's insane. Mm. The copy says, so you thought that you would rid the world of evil monsters, dark knights, vicious overlords, and devils. Well, guess what? They're back, and this time they're coming at you all at once. So maybe they're being re-released. Yeah. yeah. You know, Final Fantasy Legend was my first uh, ever RPG, and that's how I got into RPGs, was playing that, and I got two and three and was obsessed with them, and then I got Final Fantasy on NES. My first that's RPG is a real, that's a good topic for discussion. I, I, mine was not, well, I, I had a similar journey as Mark where I like didn't understand what was going on. I'm like, what do you mean? I can't just hit a button and attack. Mine might've been flipped. I I might've had the, the NES one first, but I I got those at basically the same time because they're around at the same time. And, um, the, that was true. The the fighting was confusing, but what was really confusing to me was equipping. I was like, I bought the sword. Why am I not stronger now? And I was just getting yeah. my ass handed to me by imps in the forest outside <laughs> of the first castle. And I didn't realize I was like naked and without any weapons because you <laughs> oh, have to equip everything. Yeah. But back then, it, it's much harder to tell which, uh, what characters can use which weapons and whether or not exactly. a new weapon is going to be an improvement or not. It's much, yep. more, yeah. Yeah. much very, more vague. And it's like some games, they visually show it, yeah. you know upgrades and armor and, and weapons and stuff like that but it's like not all of them like final fantasy they just show the weapon like your yeah, character always looks the same but the, yeah the gear always looks the same <laughs> yeah uh another quick preview from thrill kill which is a game i mentioned before uh, a game that was finished it was it was a four-based fighter that was the only selling point is that it was very very graphically violent at the time it was scrapped before it was ever released uh but i had a bootleg copy of it that i was very proud of back in the day wow. and then Silhouette Mirage is a game I'd completely <clears throat> forgotten about, but I totally had on PlayStation. It was a, a like a run-and-gun yep. 2D platformer with really cool animation. And it was published by Working Designs, which at the time, was they were just like the, the, the leading publisher for bringing over Japanese games in, in really good packages. Is it left I mean, or right? Yeah. It was like, like Gunstar Heroes. I mean, it's treasure. It's the same. Yeah. 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 I mean, Silhouette Mirage rules. <laughs> and I, I had the same reaction as you just seeing that. I haven't thought of it in a long, long time. Another weird peripheral, like like uh, goofy peripherals, gimmick <laughs> peripherals must have been so big. This one's called the Video Game Control Glove. Mm. And I think, Sam, we've watched like a an old like infomercial yeah. about how this thing works. Yeah, yeah, we did. Back in the day. But like based on this ad, is, you have no idea why you might want to buy this controller and how it might benefit you. I, I can't even tell what the glove is, I'll be honest with you. It looks transparent. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just wanted to point out this ad, an ad for Arrow Fighters Assault. Arrow Fighters is an old arcade, you know, shoot 'em up series, that, which is top down and vertical. I guess there is a 3D version that came to N64 in, in the 90s that's more of a flight sim. I also, um, I want to point out that in their ad, in their print ad, they have a quote from <laughs> bird.taponline.com. Yep. Bird.taponline. <laughs> Yes. You can just do whatever you wanted back then. <laughs> no IGN? No. I always IGN. that's why that's how I spotted bird.tap online because I always scan these ads to see if there's an early IGN quote or not. There's mm. a quote from Q64 that says this game is one of those evergreen titles that will hang around the system forever. I don't know if that's Arrow Fighters assault. Well, no. Right. Uh you may remember a few of these uh, issues ago that we looked at. There was a game called Fishing to Bassing. And mm-hmm. here's another oh, yeah. one, a preview for a game called Get Bass, which I think <laughs> is Sega's Bass Fishing as it was released here. But cool. shows up in this magazine as Get Bass. Yeah, well, I, maybe I'll lie. Yeah, I have a real soft spot for fishing RPGs. Yeah. One just came out on the RPG Switch difference? that I might buy. This one's an arcade game, so I don't know how many arcade okay, okay, or, okay. Or RPG elements there would have been there. <clears throat> An ad for ZDTV, your computer channel, Ziff Davis TV. The most mm. entertaining display of technology since the bug zapper, it says. And the Wait, small print can... says, what's that? I just, you can really tell how entertaining it is by this ad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Introducing ZDTV, the cable channel devoted exclusively to computing and the internet, a tantalizing blue light on the front porch of cable television. Tune in, sh- tune in for shows like Call for Help, and really get connected to your computer 
or explore the best of the web on internet tonight. <laughs> I think this is what you might call a house ad because yeah, this is what you call I think EGM ad. was ho- was published by the previous incarnation of Zip Davis, which is different than the one that it was. is I the think owner it, of IGM now. It, internet tonight is a really good name for something in 2021. It is. It is and I think we probably can use it. Since we're owned by Zip Davis, so yeah, but there was a there was that weird there was that weird corporate divorce where like the cover of this yeah. magazine is uh, like their website was videogames.com, which is you know Gamespot owns that now. So mm. like there was some split between like yeah. IGN Zip Davis and then the other ZD stuff. Yep. Yeah. Well, we should try to do something with internet tonight. But but we have a show called <laughs> Review Crew. We do I'm have just going to point that out. We're looking at right here, yeah. review crew. And you might John see, Davison's on there. You might see a familiar face on this page. That's right. In this issue, they review 1080p snowboarding. You give it a 9.5 uh, at the high end and a 7.5 on the low end. I thought that game had the best looking snow I'd ever seen mm-hmm. in the game at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also review... AGH Atari Collection 2. Sam, what do you think AGH is for? Arcade Game Heroes? Is- sure. Atari G-H. Game Hits? Atari, Atari Game I, Hits, Atari, Atari Collection Game House. 2. Yeah. They thought it was yeah. okay. Our, I have no idea. It got sevens and sixes. They review Blasto, the Phil Hartman game, the 3D platformer. Yeah. Uh, got a five on the low end, seven and a half on the high end. <laughs> what the Death Trap Dungeon? What are they doing? That game's great. Well, maybe is it better on PC? Because it got a 3.5 on the low end. Ah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't venture into this gloomy and frustrating Tomb Raider wannabe. That's what they said. So, oh, Justin, I can, I can get you in touch with the guy who gave it a 5.0. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know him. <laughs> but Einhander, my man, Einhander got all nines, straight nines. Oh, look at that. Nice. That's pretty. What'd you like, say? Well, this is the era where I was collecting and obsessively reading EGM every single month. Like this is when like I was forming my identity as like video games are my thing. And like it's pretty bold. Like they have good taste, or I feel like it informed my taste of like, you know, the game getting a nine point five is Einhander. It's not like yeah. you know, Madden or, yeah. or, or whatever. Like that's 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 pretty interesting, I think. Yeah, even though it's it's rendered in three D, it's still an old school like arcade style game. Yeah. Uh, Hotshots Golf got eights and a seven. Which I'm a little bit surprised by that. Pitfall 3D, a game I've never played, but John Davison gave it a 2.0. Saying it's <laughs> I don't so remember that one utterly at all. irritating. It's not big or clever. It's cheap and horrible, and I bloody well hate it. I could, <laughs> I could just hear him saying that, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then someone else gave it a seven. That's yeah, wild. Then Kelly said, I really enjoyed this game. <laughs> There's some very, very bad games reviewed in this magazine. Yeah. I love it. Stuff I've never heard of. Rascal on PlayStation. Got fours <laughs> and threes. Uh, San Francisco Rush on PlayStation PS1 got fives and fours. And I okay. always thought the IGN, old school IGN crew loved that game, but maybe it was N64 version. Yeah. Maybe. And also, the, I mean, the arcade machine, right? We have an arcade. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. That's maybe look, look at Tekken 3, though. Tekken oh, 3, man. three tens and a nine. Tekken okay. 3 was was the turning point for that series. That game is dramatically oh, yeah. different than Tekken 2. That game is amazing. So now, you know, that series. knowing what I know now that, um, you know, and I apologize for all the kids listening to the show, but Sushi X is not real. He doesn't exist. So the three human beings that actually exist gave the game a 10. Mm-hmm. And then Sushi X, in air quotes, gave it a 9. What, so they were just like, what's we- that about? <laughs> yeah. We don't think we should give this one four tens. Do you think that's what it's about? Like the pantheon of like, okay, we all really, really love it, but we don't want to give it the perfect 40? <laughs> Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. There's someone we can ask about that. That's true. Yeah. They reviewed three Game Boy games. Bomberman Game Boy, Legend of the River King, speaking of fishing RPGs, although that mm-hmm. got fours mm-hmm. in it too. And Mystical Ninja. Mm. S- Sam, can you believe Mystical Ninja, which that's got like a, a, threes and a five? A port of the SNES game or something related to Legend of the Mystical Ninja? I think it was probably a port of a Famicom game from many, many years before this. But John Dixon said, fun. run from room to room, slapping bad guys, picking up objects, and occasionally popping into a shop to replenish health or weapons. Whoa, careful. Any more excitement and I might fall off my chair. But that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> 
Editor's Picks of the Month, June 1998. Their top 10 in reverse order, starting at number 10, was Wario Land 2, then GoldenEye 007, World Cup 98, Need for Speed 3, Breath of Fire 3, Hot Shots Golf, 1080p Snowboarding, Einhander, Panzer Dragon Saga, and Tekken 3. I actually, I really love, I, I wish, like, I got, maybe I can lobby Sam. We can get together a group and bring something like this back for IGN where it's like, completely context free yep <laughs> just like just the picks of the month and like you know it'll be it'll be mass effect this month and then next month that'll drop down to number fall off the charts like it'll be replaced with something else like off yeah. the charts it's, it's so funny golden eyes great but you know it's a little below hot shots golf no but like second three i actually it's really so respect it, it of like you know something like dota or like whatever could hang around like the number 10 spot forever like t- until mm-hmm. the end of time yeah. like it's great. When all these games got EGM silver and gold awards, except World Cup '98, <laughs> but it's on the list. No. Yeah, it's what they were. It's what they were all about that that month. I love yeah. it. Yeah. And then their gaming moment of that month was red eyes, achy hands, six cases worth of empty beer beverage cans, all were the result of 48 hours of straight iron fist mayhem. After the review guys got their hands on the first beta of Tekken Three, you think they really played it for 48 <clears throat> hours? I don't know if I believe it. No. (laughs) No. Finally, the final word, a little opinion piece is, enough with the kid stuff, Nintendo. (laughs) Yeah, I remember this era. Yeah, it never never ended. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just remember the dissing on it. It was yeah. like constant. It was like Nintendo's yeah. a kid system. Blah, blah, well, blah, blah. and then Nintendo started with Sega, kept going. And then Nintendo circa, you know, 2003 to five, they went really edgy and like leaned yeah, into it. And, and then eventually sort of found their identity, I think. There's one more thing for that issue I wanted to point out. There's a letter in the beginning that I forgot to mention. It just says, here comes a new challenger. And someone wrote in saying, my classmates and I would like to respond to your closing remarks in the April editorial where you said, creating a new and interact an innovative game. Anyone out there up to the challenge? I'd just like to say, yes. And that came from Neville Stevens, who is a student game developer at Red River Community College. But he doesn't say anything. He just says, yes. He's that's him answering their questions, and EGM's response was, "Okay, we'll keep an eye out for you." Did you look him up? I want to look him up on like Moby Games and now. He, See if he's... he went. He went on to make Halo. <laughs> no, but ladies and gentlemen, I did locate Neville Stevens. Oh boy, formerly of Red River College. Who's he up to? A certificate in interactive game design in 1999, and he's currently a production coordinator at Tangent Animation. I love it. I'm not sh- I'm not sure what they do, but maybe they work on video games, and I hope I hope so. That counts. It's All close right. enough. Yeah, counts as close <laughs> enough. That's amazing. And that brings us to Video Game 20 Questions. Our suggestion this week comes from Sean S. We're going to try to make this a lightning round, so let the question begin. Uh, did it come out before January 1st, 1990? No. Is this a 90s game? No. Yikes. Did uh, this... Did this... Go ahead. Go ahead. Nope. Okay, did this come out between... Uh, 2010. Wait, hold on. 2000 and 2010. Yes. <laughs> was, was this was this an uh, an action game, an RPG, or a uh, shooter? What? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Is that legal? Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been off. I've been off a little too long. <laughs> Change, changing the rules here. You can do whatever. There are no rules. Apparently, we David, what genre happened? to one of three. Okay, oh, sorry. It? So I was I was so baffled. Action that... RPG or as an action game, an RPG <clears throat> game, or a shooter. And it's two thousand okay. to th- two thousand ten. Okay, is it an RPG? Right. No. Well, all right. Yikes. Uh, so is it a shooter? Yes. Easy. Let's nail this down. It's Halo. first person. Yes. No. When it My came out, are... when was it exclusive to a console? When it was released, yes. Okay, and then eventually, okay. Is multiplayer online a major component of this game? No. I'm thinking. I'm thinking Halo. No. Multiplayer online was not a major component of the not game. Not of the first not, Halo. Not Halo One. Halo Two How was like the big introduction. It like Xbox Halo, Halo didn't One exist didn't even, yet. It didn't. It wasn't. Oh, a oh because you're, you're you're saying land doesn't. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay, so was uh, was this originally launched on an Xbox console? 
Yes, that's 10. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Is this the first game in a series? Yes. <laughs> Does it star Master Chief? <laughs> no. What? <laughs> I'm so glad I did that. <laughs> oh, he changed it at the last minute. So it's an Xbox first-person shooter that doesn't starve the Master Chief. Are there like, are there like be, Ubisoft shooters? Rainbow it could, be, it could be Perfect yeah. Dark Zero. Could be. Well, no, first in a series. Come on now. It's, yeah, but, it's, yeah. No, no, that's that's for Xbox 360. Do we know which That's system? also we true. Know. Also we true. Don't, we don't oh, we yeah, only we know said, an Xbox console. That's is this an Xbox true. 360 game? Yes. Okay, so it could be perfect. No, no, because that's that's uh So right, okay, let me here. hit the reset button here. First person shooter, Xbox yeah. 360, first in mm-hmm. a series, doesn't focus on online multiplayer. Uh Okay, so there's fear. Yep. There's um, condemned criminal origins. There's condemned. Uh, there's this one that just flashed into my mind, and now it's gone. Bioshock. Oh, it might be Bioshock. Wait, was that exclusive? It wasn't day and date with PS3. Yeah, it was exclusive to the Xbox 360. I, mm, I don't. I don't recall that specifically, but the PS3 was going through some tough times in that era, so. A lot of stuff, like you I, know, like the original I, Mass Effect was like Xbox. I would, I would believe we, it either guys, way. This is lightning. So, have we mentioned this game yet? Yes. Okay, it might be Bioshock. Uh, okay, so does it take place underwater? Yes. Is it Bioshock? Oh, okay. It's Bioshock. Woo! Yay! There it is. Nicely job. Two thousand seven. Cool. I think it came right. the, a year later to PlayStation Three. That sounds about right. I was All hoping right, cool. you weren't going to be tripped up on the first person shooter thing. Right. Boy, yeah. But. Man, I love I love the original Bioshock so much. I do yep. too. I am, I'm interested game. in playing it again. You would think the genre hack would be too good, but it's not because we didn't get <laughs> no. a game whose name I still can't remember from last week that we've mentioned several times in this episode. Brave Fencer Musashi. Thank you for the suggestion, Sean S. Uh, if listeners and viewers have their own suggestions for 20 questions, email them to me at the email address. Gamescoop at IGN.com. And that's all the scoops we have for you this week. Thank you to Sam. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Mark. Thank you to Nick working behind the scenes making this show happen. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop, and we're out.